Galactic Colonet. Welcome to the Scum and Villainy Podcast. I'm your host, Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius, uh, feared pirate lord, and, uh, I don't know, I'm good at something dad? else. We'll figure it out. Yeah, da- yeah, I'm a dad now. There you go. That's something to brag about. It's not something that people have been doing for thousands of years, millions of years. Literally, literally every person has literally done literally the easiest, in existence. Yeah, the easiest thing in the world to do. Anyways, uh, joining me today is uh, Blair Bunky, better known as Scrappy the Ship's Janitor. What's up, Blair? Welcome to the podcast. Fresh fish, fried up daily. <laughs> well, I mean, normally I would say that's uh, Tyler's purview. Tyler Tippett, uh, better known as Starslinger72, the ship's cook. What's up, Tyler? Not a whole lot. Uh, made it, made it back. Getting ready for, uh, my don't play X-Wing for all of April right before Worlds. Yeah, it seems like good prep. Um, it's really good. That's what and, I'm doing. And then, uh, <laughs> this is gonna be God. so bad. Um, also joining me today is Bob, Dr. Bob Randall. I don't wanna, I don't wanna take that away from you. Dr. Bob Randall, the ship's computer, better known as Major Juggler. What's up, Bob? Hey. It's nice to be on the CODcast again, and, uh, you know, I can represent with New England COD. Um, I don't want to call you a guest because you're the ship sh- uh, scallywag. We've got uh, the Zach Matthews Carolina Cryats podcast uh, joining us today. No, hold on. <laughs> I have a longer title now. It oh, is really? Alpha X-Wing Intergalactic Loremaster 2000 Until Defeated, the Zach Matthews Carolina Cryats podcast Invitational Champion. Okay. And I, I'm going to insist on being called by the full thing every time I'm addressed. Anyways, you're the ship scallywag, so I... Yeah, so scallywag. Whatever your name is, uh, go do that. Um, join, is joining us, and then finally we have an ambassador from Corellia, Dion Morales from the Gold Squadron podcast. You just go by Dion Morales, so... Yeah, thanks, Gold Squadron. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks, Gold Squadron, indeed. Yeah, you don't, I'm have, like, back- you don't have, like, four years to come up with some stupid, like, uh, like RPG element to the podcast or whatever. I don't know where we started this. It's probably my fault. I guarantee you if we go back, this is my fault. But here I am having to keep doing this. Um, anyways, so... No, hold on. I need to object here. Dion is too classy to be from Corellia. Corellia is not a nice place. There's a lot of assholes and like scum yeah. and villainy that come from Corellia. Yeah, Dion Dion needs to be from like Alderaan or Naboo or like some really like nice planet where the people are naturally respectable, but not dead. Yeah, that too. <laughs> hey, tech, wait. No, yeah, I forgot the time. I got I forgot Star Wars is in the past. So yeah, all around definitely been blown up. So I don't know. We, we could say he's from the Hapes Consortium because those guys are kind of neat, and they're independent. You know, Dion's above it all. He's not a part of this war. You know? <laughs> hey man, I just uh, I mean, I guess. <laughs> either way. Uh, so we have uh, we want to do a State of the Union of X Wing, right? So that's kind of why we've got uh, some outside perspectives, although. Uh, you know, we're all podcasters and we're all part of, uh, the secret Illuminati of, uh, the decision making that gets done, right? So we're gonna go over, uh, some of the, uh, you know, the State of the Union, what we would do if we were king of the X-Wing world with X-Wing, you know, and, uh, we'll go over some of the good, the bad, and the ugly of the game, uh, just cause we're right before worlds and, it's a good time to just stop and take a breath and just kind of process what was the uh, last regional season. 
And I think it'd just be a good idea to, to talk about that. Um, I do want to get some stuff out of the way before we do that, though. I do want to cover the booty section selfishly because Bob ran a very interesting list. Um, and uh, I stole it. Arg. Uh, so I do want to go through at least that regional season. Let's wrap the bow on that because uh, you've got some good info uh, for everyone. On that, so Bob, tell me about your last regional you went to. Yeah, I took this wood chipper list and it stunk, so I blame you. Oh man, that's sad. <laughs> no, it wasn't terrible. Get good. That's uh, right. So I I listened to your cast, uh, just actually the last cast where you talked about how you uh, flew it and you kind of like fortress and got into it, and uh, of course we were we were talking about this on our chat what like the night before regionals and i said you know what this is a really good idea let's find a way to get into a fortress it doesn't have to look like it's a fortress but you know you've got like barrel roll with the tie aggressor that you can use and mm-hmm. and, and with the uh, bomber too so let's let's find a way to get into a fortress but take your long range scanners first and then also find a way that you don't have to set up at 45s because i don't know about you guys but i am terrible if i have to set up at 45 degree angles and get it to be consistent formation flying later like i can do it with aces because they don't really have to fly in formation Mm -hmm. but if you've got four ships even in a quasi loose formation it's a pain so i figured out this uh this setup literally on vassal the night before and then like tried it for sure in round one because i had a buy so i'm like off at some back dark corner of the table just like moving my ships around and making sure it works. And I tried it and it worked. So every single, uh, every single match I did, I started off in this fortress position, um, and stayed in it for one to three rounds because it's a really jousty list Mm -hmm. and you need to be able to get the joust and you need to get it. You know, that opening engagement is super important. And I'm pleased to report that I was successfully able between the fortressing and the turn zero rock placement before that to create lanes and get the basically perfect joust in all five of my games that I played. Unfortunately, I still only went four and two, <laughs> which is kind of what I thought was going to happen going in because it's not like the greatest meta list. Uh, it's no. not, it's not a, <laughs> right. But it, it, it does feel like playing X-Wing though. It does, and that's why I brought it, because like, if I really wanted to win or try to get templates or something, then I would have to bring you know, some meta garbage like Ghost and Fen or something like that, and I just didn't want to spend nine hours playing a game that I don't think I was going to enjoy. So I, I flew Woodchipper, and it was fun. Uh, I actually didn't end up playing against any Ghost Fens, which was kind of ironic. Uh, there were nine of them in the tournament at Massachusetts Regionals, and five of them made the cut. This was a 136-player regional with I heard 16. it was solved. I mean, it is solved. Just enough of those people over there didn't play, fly Racklow. Apparently. Sure. Uh, yeah. And or four hundred point Miranda. Um, so the final table is a mirror, just to add to the salt. Bob, I watched your last game though, man. Like in my opinion, like that was a rough I, th- match I think that like if you replay that game, I think you win it most of the time. Um, it might. So the matchup in question here, just for uh, a recap. Uh, first of all, my squad, even though we've been over it a few times, is two assault gunboats, heavy laser cannon, uh, linked batteries, and long-range scanners for kicks. Uh, tie bomber with Vader crew, so he's usually public. And you get a tie aggressor with TLT and lightweight frame. 100 points, PS2, support. This other guy was flying quick draw expertise, 
uh, lightweight frame, advanced optics, and that's rough uh, fire control system. So, like, not the quick draw I want to see. I'd rather see VI quick draw because that does nothing for him in this matchup, but he had the expertise version and advanced optics. Uh, and then he had two pilot skill for, uh, was it roads? The gunboats that have, you know, higher pilot skill. Yeah, and so he so can nuke one of your ships off the board. Yeah, yeah he, he had, one... he had dead harpoons and guidance ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, I don't want to see that because nah. I'm more like formation and he's shooting first and he's got harpoons. It's bad. That's a good point. Uh, though you did get, like, didn't you get, like, one of the heart, like, you got all of your ship shots on one of the, the gunboats and you yeah. didn't kill it, which so is he, abnormal. Yeah. Yeah, um, he got his quick draw not in combat the first round, so it was my four ships versus his two, uh, his two harpoon boats. And he was, he went forward fast enough with the harpoon boat that I was shooting at that my front gunboat was range one and he didn't have a heavy laser cannon shot. But otherwise, I mean, I threw a whole bunch of dice into him, so I, I had a heavy laser cannon shot that did zero. Because that guy was on like one hit point after all the harpoon insanity. Because uh, he gets a harpoon on me first, right? And then the second guy fires his harpoon and he rolls a natural crit. So of course now it's gonna do another damage. But but my my boat lived, so okay, so fire back and I get one hit and like three blanks or eyeballs or something in real well, roll one. And I still get just the one hit and of course he evades it. Uh, so my heavy laser cannon did zero damage. It's not a good time. And my other boat didn't have an HLC. He just had a three dice primary. So everything shoots into this one boat, uh, like 15 dice, an unavoidable Vader crit. And I only, I got him down to one hit point, but I didn't quite kill him. Uh, and it kind of just went downhill from there. So now, based on where that boat of his was, uh, my HLC boat that I had, I couldn't get it. Uh, I couldn't get it turned around and not bump. Like it just barely tagged him and uh so then he had a shot next turn but that hlc bow also didn't hit because he was unmodified and my my other bow i was really proud about how i maneuvered him because he managed to like he's on one hit point yeah like a really he, interesting block move yeah i did like i think it was a two turn and another two turn and or two turn and a three turn but i managed to block his other harpoon bow and his quick draw so at least he couldn't get another harpoon off. So it's like, okay, well, at least I did everything I could do. Yeah, and that's like the, the worst part about it was you did just about every move right, and you still lost. And that yeah. like, was heartbreaking right. to watch. Is I cleaned lots, too. Yeah. It's not like I lost that one at time or anything. That that was just a clean wipe by the end. Um, and my other loss was in the earlier rounds. Actually, round two, my very first game that I played after the bye, uh, got paired up against a really strong player from our uh, local store. He actually has won the league the last two seasons in a row. Um, it, I, I was number two both seasons, and, and he was number one. And uh, so it's always a great game when we play him, except that it went to time, and like he had a one-hit point uh, scum fen that I, I didn't kill, and he had like a two-hit point left on his uh, Thweak that I don't get any points for that either. And like he had a one-round window in which he could win. I was up on points like the entire game. Uh, then, and then he finally kills my aggressor to get up on points, and I needed one more round to flip it around. Like I had, it, uh, it's just so sad. Um, but you know, that's kind of what happens with this list. Uh, high pilot skill aces will generally tend to arc dodge it, so. Um. Yeah. So you actually it was, ran the numbers on uh, on that, though, yes. right? Yeah. So I ran the numbers on it, and basically, 
Uh, the stock game. Okay, so what does it cost? It's uh, it's twenty eight points for HLC linked battery, and just in raw dice, probably worth maybe twenty four points. Uh, and this is assuming a power curve that is basically brought up to snuff with where the game actually is right now. So everything is relative. It's always relative to some point in space that you choose as saying, hey, this is a good thing. We're going to use that as our reference point. And frankly, it's hard to nail that down. But using those same metrics, we find that the sheathapede Fen with Hotshot Copilot is like over 100% jousting efficient with a two attack die ship because of all of his debuffs. So it's a pretty useful metric and basically about that ship's terrible ship. Yeah, that ship. I don't know. Well, it's the new bigs, right? Um, but the gunboats are below 90%. So what that says is if you're below 90 and you're just a classic jouster, you're probably dead on arrival at the top, top levels of competition, unless you've got some really wonky trick up your sleeves. And I feel like the gunboats almost have the opposite where they can't K turn. Uh, the slam is really cool and it's really good for getting the initial positioning, but then turning around is kind of useless. So, um, I think gunboats with cannons probably need a little bit more love compared to everything else that's out there at the upper end. Um, but if you were to bring it into like a wave three tournament, you'd mop the floor. So it's all relative, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, did you get any, uh, good, uh, booty, uh, going to, uh, your tournament? Uh, you know, I was just trying to scrape by to get my Zuckus card because it's the only regionals I went to, and only the top 64 out of 136 players got Zuckus. Uh, so yeah, I ended up at number 20 overall. I had really good MOV. I 100-0'd two of my opponents, one of which I blocked his full health assage off the board. That was amazing. Uh, I, I did like a 5k with a bomber that he didn't expect, and then two turns later, his Asajj, who had stayed really close to the edge of the board, couldn't quite stay on the board turning in. So his Asajj had four Glitter Sims and two countermeasures and full shields left, and just died. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that was my, that was my highlight. Alright, um, so let's jump into this. Let's run into the state of the Union. Um, I wanna... Oh boy, I don't necessarily know how I want to I want to do this other than we're going to go through some of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we're of Rip. course using our boy uh, Lyle's notes here. Uh, you know, we're pirates, right? So we gotta we gotta use what we can. Um, hey, Ricky, when was the last time we had a cast? Like that we recorded? Uh, it was for uh, I was covering. Whenever the uh, a little after the Tulsa regional, I can right. tell you right now. Give me a minute. So uh, I want a hyperspace between now and then. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit, boy. All right, you, you went <laughs> six and zero, oh, didn't you? Yeah. All right. That's all right. <laughs> you I'm good. <laughs> I go on this big long rant about how I stink, and then Tyler's like, "Yeah, I owned." <laughs> Actually, if you really want to get punked in the booty section, this is the first time I've been recorded since I got my prizes from Crate Cup and Michigan. Both arrived in the mail this weekend. So I could spend the, an entire hour going over booty if you'd like. All right. I'd like that. I'm good. <laughs> Bring it, cry at. All right. Um, so... Let's go over State of the Union. Let's do this. All right, let's dive in. Um, so, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Um, 
let's talk about the good first. Let's try and stay positive for a little bit. Um, cause I kind of have an idea of where we're going to go with this, but the good, um, is so competitive X-Wing is definitely more popular, uh, than it's ever been. Uh, we've got, uh, the biggest tournament ever recently, which was what 500 people at, uh, the UK system open, right? Um, I mean, according to, uh, we're, we're getting more list juggler entries than, um, in, from 2004 to 2016. It's, uh, basically in one month, there's, there's going to be an entire year's worth of data. Certainly in that, uh, the prize support is really good. Um, you know, the game's selling well, uh, the, there are even, you know, nice independent tournaments like Steel Open, like the Crate Cup, like, uh, Evergreen Cup, you know, all of, uh, camp, uh, j- just recently campaigned against cancer. Um, there's a lot of good organized play and, you know, the actual bare bones of the game, I think are really good. I mean, you've, there are, there's Hodak built on top of that. Mario Kart's built on top of that. There's a whole bunch of like good, um, there's some, there's a lot of good going on with the game right now. Um, so just like to kind of jump into this, um, what are some of the, like, so right now, sell me on like what, like, on top of that, like what's, what's good about X-Wing right now? Post, post this, this regional, like we, and we know that we have the, uh, U-Wing, there's a U-Wing expansion, which an X-Wing expansion and the, what is it? What's the Imperial ship called? I can't even remember. The, the Reaper. The Reaper. The Tyler. Well, the ed- Edge Lords are ready. Uh, and the Reaper. Gonna, gonna put on some Lincoln Park. God, like, Mascara. Does your day come, Tyler? Who for the, who, who for the, who for the Imperials is naming these goddamn ships? Like, the, the worst Rennick. guy. Rennick. <laughs> no, all of the Star Wars ship names are dumb. Yeah. Jumpmaster all- 5000, punishing the number one, which is actually, uh, or that's the Jumpmaster, and then, um, what is the slaver actually called? The Houndstooth or the YV-666? It's a YV-666, yeah. Like, some 14-year-old is angrily scrawling sh- spaceship names in his notebook. Exactly. And that, you know, that's what like mostly can't... RPG makers that are coming up with that stuff, man. Are, which, which are they all sense. angry 14-year-olds? <laughs> they might be. Is that the background? Well, they're writing for 14-year-olds, so, yeah. My parents don't understand me. I'm going to make up some ships. <laughs> Not a phase, Mom. Yeah, right. The first 4,999 Jumpmasters sucked. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, what was the question? All right, so let's talk we about what's, what, let's talk about the good of X-Wing, like, where we are right now, right? Like, the, uh, for example, um, whenever I go to, I can still have as enjoyable a hour and a half in like gaming in the game of X-Wing. Uh, and that's something that I struggle to remember, but there, 
like if you actually get a honest to goodness good X-Wing game, it's a ton of fun. Uh, it, and, and, and that kind of shows what's working about, about the system. I mean, I don't know, like, do you, like you watch probably more X-Wing than almost, than probably anyone I know. Uh, so you certainly <laughs> see, you know, like, uh, you actually have a day job, right? I do. I do. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure I believe you, but like, uh, like, does, does your boss give you like special dispensation to like leave or like, or I guess your boss is your wife. Like, you know, like, you know, like in reality, cause most X-Wing tournaments are during the weekend. And, uh, but, um, you've watched more X-Wing than, than just about anybody. Like, what is sort of like, what are some, like, it's still like, you still see like good X-Wing games, um, all the time, right? Oh, absolutely. So, the good part of X-Wing, and I think everybody's favorite part, is the dial. I think that simple mechanic in this game is the most exciting part. The dice, you can't really, you can't do anything about it, really. Whatever happens, happens. Sure, you have modifiers, modifiers and things. <laughs> That's not true, Dion. I, I spend a lot of points to make sure I know what happens uh, on my oh, dice. Right. Well, I'm, I'm saying when you roll them, it may or may not matter, but the thing that's exciting is the, is the dial. Did you make the right or wrong choice? And when people are making decisions where the, where the dials actually matter, that's when people are having the most amount of fun. Um, at least in, in my experience, just watching players. Yeah. Um, even, even at the, the highest competitive levels, um, that happens. I know that a lot of people talk about turret wing and that turret wing, the dials don't matter. Um, but, th- you can use the dial, even even two turrets on each other, to to make it matter. Um, I think the perfect example um, where where we we ended up at a, at a stalemate, the um, yeah. <laughs> at Adepticon, yeah. right, with William and Andrew. Um, while while they did end up at a stalemate, the reason they ended up at a stalemate is because they were both making the most optimum decisions possible. But if one of them had made a mistake, that game. Could have actually had an ending. Yeah, I'll get into that game in the ugly section in a little right. bit. I, but still, you got a good point though. Like the dials still, uh, they do. I guess in the end, they do matter, right? Like you still have to not land on asteroids, even if you're flying a turret. Like some. Well, unless you're flying unless ghost you have, unless you have coordinate. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you don't even have to follow that basic rule. God damn it, guys! I'm trying. To, this is the good section. <laughs> I, I got some good ready. All right, yeah. All right, Zach, go ahead. All right. So, in the crane analysis of the CNC timelines, I realized that the ending of the first red alert actually splits into the traditional command and conquer and the rest of the red alert series, depending on which side you play. And I thought that was really brilliant, and that's something that X Wing has been helping me learn lately. Would you have to have like dual personalities in X-Wing? Like one is like the competitive, terrible one and the other is... No, I've just put all my energy into Command and Conquer instead of (laughs) X-Wing. That's all I got for the good. Can I I jump in? Yeah. Real quick. So part of it, definitely there, there is a perception right now that the game is, you know, I think some people are going a little bit too far. That it's unplayable. It doesn't matter X, Y, and Z. I, exactly. I don't. I'm not in that boat. Um, a lot of it is how 
your perception is and why you're playing. Um, and definitely, you know, we, we, the game has gotten big enough where there are people who are in to just win. You have people who are there to just have fun. And what happens is when, when those two players meet, and even if that person who's just there to have fun is a competitive player, that's when we start having a lot of negative, um, reactions towards each other. Um, you know, I, I'm not familiar with any other competitive game, but I'd be curious to know that if, if, um, you know, do people get upset with the, with the people who, who play the best, like, decks and magic? Actually, uh, I got a really a, good quote thing? for you. Um, this is, this is like not me fucking around. So, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the website, The Ringer. Uh, Ricky, I'm sure yeah. you have by Bill Simmons. Yeah. So they do high level, they came from Grantland. They do high level analysis of a lot of different competitive venues. Um, generally it's professional sports, but they branch out and they were talking about, um, Overwatch, which has a, a meta problem sort of right now with something called dive comps. But, um, they, they published an article about this today. I caught it in the middle of, uh, Reading about how my Bucks are going to destroy the Celtics, uh, Bucks and Six, baby. Um, I actually think they're going to win too, for the record, and I'm really sad. But no, I'm prepared to be hurt. But yeah. so he, I'm going to read yeah, you a it, quote. It depends actually. on if they play to their potential or if they play to what. What their one of us is. has been a Bucks fan for 29 years and knows what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> so let me read lose. you guys a quote. Uh, this was from this morning, actually, and this really jumped out at me. With enough time and sufficient stakes, almost every competition encounters a strategic quirk that works so well and is so heavily incentivized that it threatens to unravel what made the product so appealing in the first place. Like, this whole article, and it's about Overwatch, is fantastic, but I'm like, this is, applies to every like competitive venture I've ever pursued. So, it, I mean, and, and you guys are right. Like, when if you... Step away from that highest level of competition. There's still a very fun game underneath. So I will, I will pass that back off. All right. So, like for example, how many of you guys have done the Death Star Trench Run? Man, I still haven't. No. Really? It's like a ton of fun. The problem is, by the time I started playing X-wing regularly, Ryan was running way cooler stuff. Yeah, he was running. For example, Story League, right? Like yep. Story League is like I would like to clone Ryan and give him money to run Story League. Not a lot of money because I don't have a lot of money, but I would give <laughs> him some of mine just to run a Story League in my area. So I, I do kind of want to uh, talk about what Zach was saying and in, in your initial statement, uh, where do do competitive games or do other miniatures games have an issue where you have people that are just there to have fun running into people that are there to actually win the event and what comes out of that? Right? Like that was your kind of question. Yeah, that definitely yeah. happens though, right? That happened in like I played oh, a little um, bit of magic and I was the guy who got stomped on. Um, yeah, but like so you and, don't and I was someone halfway in between on that spectrum in this last tournament because I've won before I would like to win, but it didn't quite take the list to win, but I still wanted to win, kind of, if that makes any sense. So there's yeah, definitely like, a continuity so of people. You don't have people that just like want to go play for fun that go to like the the giant like Magic Grand Prix. Like there there will people people there that want to go and experience it, right? But they're not like heavily invested in actually, you know, they're not going to go spend $5,000 on a deck. Right, like they might just go and play or whatnot, but they understand they're going to lose. They know that going in. I don't know as that's the the same. We have that same setup here, 
Like there's a lot, especially at these big tournaments, right? Like you, you see like with the, with the big tournament that just happened in Europe, they have like 500 people. Like when you have that many people showing up, there are people that are going to go and want to bring their theme list and that are not going to have as much fun because it just doesn't work. Well, and I'll even add to that though. Like some of those people have fun because how often do you see people post after a tournament? They'll post some jank squad and they'll be like, went three and three or went two and four with this squad. But I really think with some tweaks and some better play, I can do really well with it. And you look at it and it's like, like the competitive side of you is like, that's jank, throw it away. But they're just like, please just punch. And then like, I mean, you know, I, I missed a cut by like 25 MOV. That's because, that's because the salt mines are a jillion times more fun than. No. It depends on who the salt mines are the worst crap shoot next wing. Yeah. You don't know. I, what you're uh, there's, but there's actual fun to be had down there. Um, like games, you're like, I don't know what the hell's gonna happen. Fair. So, uh, Blair, what is what are your like? I know that you're in like a a funk. You and I are like, I think you're a little bit deeper than me. But like, there's still good stuff in the game, though, right? Like, there's still stuff that you like about X Wing, right? I mean, there's always going to be stuff I like about X Wing. Uh, <laughs> I'm struggling to name some of them. Well, you know, I mean, this is like uh, when your girlfriend's like, "Baby, why do you love me?" And you're like, "Oh, sh- oh, fuck!" <laughs> Panic. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to go too hard. I feel like I'm. I'm not. I don't want to like try to disrespect anyone, but I, I feel like a lot of your maneuvers don't matter. I just, and that's the, I mean, Chumbalaya was making that point on their last episode. You have people who are like placing at regionals who have been playing for like two months and hardly even know what their list even does. All right. So, so it, it's hard to argue against that, you know, let's I've watched people for just a right. second. For just a second, Blair, what do you like about oh God? Uh, what do you like about the game of X Wing right now? Right now, <laughs> sure, Blair. I'll tag in. I like the future. The they're fixing the X Wing, which is really optimistic. Krennic looks really effing cool. So, and I don't know, maybe there's something to make the U Wing better. And uh, FFG confirmed at Gamma the wings move on the new X-Wing. So yeah. the future looks awesome. Well, it, it the future has awesome, potential. Yeah. The, the future has potential. Let's, I'm let's trying to get our hopes up, hopes up I'm again. trying really hard. Okay, so for, for, okay, for me, like, the bare bones of the game are really good. And that is, it's, I've been trying to remember why I started playing X-Wing. It's been, it's hard for me to go back there, but I mean, initially, I never thought I would be a competitive player at all. I never played miniatures at all other than this game. Like, I played chess, and then I started playing this game. And you uh, want all of my Battletech stuff? Yeah, I just like Get out of here. Battletech's really cool, man. <laughs> it is really cool. That's it. That's how, that's how I learned cool. to count. Yeah. <laughs> you laughed. I, just, I was playing Battletech at five. I just want to have giant robot guys. That's just cool. Like... But X-Wing got me into Battletech. Like, that that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Um, 
Exactly. And then I, I saw the prices for other miniatures games. Another good, even though they're raising the prices, another good. X-Wing is a jillion percent cheaper than oh, any God. other miniatures yes. game. Yes. So cheap. Right. Uh, it, no, that's not true. It's not any other miniatures game. But, but, but any other popular ones. Yeah, most of them. Yeah, yeah actually, Shadespire is pretty affordable. Like, we're getting better. It's the problem was for a long period of time, the only miniatures games were um, not skirmish-based, and X-Wing is very much a skirmish miniatures game, right? Yeah. So... Uh, so but still, yeah, it's very it, affordable. It's very affordable, uh, for one. The... There... It's not like... You can't have fun games. It's just that they're not necessarily happening uh, at the highest tiers of play at the moment. Uh, but there, there are fun games, and I don't know. I mean, I mean, for starters, Hodak is in and of itself amazing. Again, Blair and Tyler, the Atari cluster is in dismay because we haven't saved them it constantly. Constantly weighs upon me that we haven't saved the Turi cluster. Um, yeah. So, so that stuff is good. Um, and I know since, I, so other than that, I'm going to give anyone else an opportunity to talk about the good X Wing. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'll give one by uh, comparison of what it used to be. And Chumby's comment actually made me think about it, and that is Paratani is not winning everything because even though we have a lot of top squads now and it's a lot of Ghost Fen, I feel like even so, at the time, Paratani was the best squad that X-Wing has ever seen. Like, it was better than everything else by more than any other squad has at any point in history. But, and but that's not true? Maybe? I don't know. I feel I feel like it is, but I played it a lot, so maybe I'm biased because no. I was just crushing face with it for so long. Right, but at the same token, like, it's not okay, even Tyler, Tyler. the same. Yeah. The best list Should- besides Racklow. No, I'm talking like historically. Best but it list. won like how many system opens? Five system well, yeah, opens. Uh, so, uh, so it was, should we I transition to the Should we transition to sixteen? Should we transition to the bad to talk about uh, Metal Wing's analysis of Ghost Finn compared right. to Paratani? Because Blair, I think you, I think you were the one who gave me that analysis. So we'll we'll transition. To Sounds some good. Of, some of the bad. Please use data to correct me because I haven't looked yeah. it up. I'll, I'll embarrass myself here. This will be great. Are you saying Ghost Fen has historically been more dominant than Paratani, Tyler? Weren't yeah. you the one, Blair? Weren't you the one who told us that uh, based on Metawing data? I feel like I, I, don't, I don't remember. I, was I don't saying, remember if it's Ghost Fen or if it's Miranda. Me it and Bob were talking about the Ghost Fen matchup against pre-nerf Paratani, but that's just a head-to-head matchup. No, historically talking... in Metawing. I think Peritani has still won more than anything. Like, Final Form had, like, a, a sick run, but that was only out for, like, six weeks. Whereas yeah. Peritani was winning everything for, like, six months. So, yeah. I, so, I got Meadowings all time in front of me. Um, Peritani is still uh, ahead of Ghost Fen. Um, but what's alarming was how... Much less time Ghost Fen has actually been around that it closed that gap. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, yeah, because Peritani actually did exist for a long time, which is part of why it was so memorable. I mean, I, I joked, um, I don't talk X-Wing on my personal Facebook often because I have other friends and I try not to, like, remind them that they're all second-class citizens in my uh, friendship life now. <laughs> but, uh, 
I, I posted, I'm like, all right, guys, X-Wing, you know, I've always said I like to push the thesis, and I was like, all right, guys, X-Wing solved, the answer's Peritani, we can all go home now, we don't need to play, we, we know the answer. But, um, yeah, Peritani was around for a while. Um, like, over a year, winning stuff. Yeah, and it even survived a, a little bit of the, the post-nerf world, like, when we were still figuring it out. Um, oh yeah, I flew it with with Manaru without Manaru for a long time, and it was totally fine. Intel agent oh, and rigged still, cargo shoot. It was amazing. It kept winning. It kept oh, winning yeah. without Manaru. But that's 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 the point. Is if you look at rate, like it's it's staggering that how much more shit Ghost Finn has won in a much shorter period of time. And with the stigma of like, I don't think like, I yeah, just don't want to play it. Uh. Like, there was no negative stigma about Peritani. That was the most yeah. amazing thing to me. Yeah. Blair, had, Blair had a pretty negative stigma. Okay. You, Outside you of Blair. Blair Bumlet. I, I, can, I can agree, so. like, Ghost Fan has definitely gotten a lot more hate than Peritani. But I don't think, in the same time span, because, like, what was the counter to Peritani? You're basically, your only hope Rack, is to, like, baby. bring a bomber. Rack and, like, just fine. Well, well, that was the thing about Peritani. It played X-Wing way the heck better than everything else. But you could it played out- with 120 it, points. Yeah, but you could outplay it, and it had some existing things that hurt it a lot. Like, one of the frustrations about, like, I mean, God, guys, like, fucking Ghost Fen, I've watched people make cuts and win entire tournaments, like, for getting end-of-round shots with the Ghost. Like, oh, yeah. whatever, I... I don't need the second round of TLT fire. It's not that big a deal. Oh, I've seen people do some pretty dumb things with Peritani and still like roll over people. And I mean, playing X, I'm sorry. When you have a jump master <laughs> and you can just you can just block a guy eight turns in a row and just shoot him with five dice fully modded with Fen, and like I'm sorry, that's not X Wing to me. It's it, maybe it's more X Wing than Ghost Fen, but from my experience as a Swarm player. Playing Ghost Fen honestly felt like arguably as much of a game as X-Wing as Peritani did, but that, that's a whole other discussion. But I'm saying Ghost Fen, you can bring... I feel like Ghost Fen has more hard counters than Peritani did at the time. Peritani yeah, has more hard counters, but you can straight up lose during the list building phase against it. There are a lot of ways to straight up lose. And it's not just How, it's not just Ghost Finn though. I mean, there's also the hundred point ace, which is kind of ridiculous. There is the low Rick of uh, the Finn Miranda. I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch of like the most fair like sort of list that seems like a dogfighty list. And this is gonna sound disgusting to come out of my mouth, but that's like it's a pal basis list, right? Like that's the most. Yeah. That's the best it, 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 list really right still, now. It's yeah. still really gross. Yeah, and Palpatine is just a gross mechanic that I really dislike, but it's at least three arch ships, right? Um, and, and that's at least something to me. Uh, I think, uh, it's funny we're talking about this because, uh, as, as Lyle broke down, he thinks that there are three sort of things that are wrong with the game. And the first one is structural in that there are a list of some poorly designed cards, be it twin laser turret, R2D2, like the Miranda pilot period, uh, the ghost title, Sabine, you know, auto thruster trajectory simulator, a couple of like just ships that have a ton of upgrade slots to let you do some outrageous combos. 
that if that if to uh, to even your Zach uh, your point where there are people that can fly these lists, um, and, and I guess Chumby's point that uh, that I think Tyler brought up, I think or was it Tyler or was it uh, Bob? Either way, uh, that uh, that you don't necessarily even have to know because your list is so good at list building and you don't really need to super know how to fly it, um, and that is a structural problem. Uh, in the game, I mean, uh, as, uh, well, it, it may be a balance problem, mm-hmm. or it may be a particular balance problem that is because there are some bad combinations of cards with interactions. So, like Mollisr is a really good combination. I feel like that's a design problem with a particular set of cards that and can keep des- doing things multiple times per to round. Be together, they were designed yeah, okay. to but, be together. But Mal- there are literally Ezra- only two ships that could go on. Yeah, Ma Ezra wasn't a, isn't a problem. If you don't have uh, you, if you don't have like a quad tapping TLT though, right? Like that's that's the difference though. It's like it's 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 ghost title and TLT. The like, crazy if, thing if, is is that it had to be designed with those cards in mind though. Like and like this is fine. Just four. I mean, every one turn. of the things I sort of joked about a bunch is like. Like, when Ezra came out, he was obviously bad, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's because, like, you clearly can't give Rebels any good offensive crew because of how many things they have that have crew slots that could just, like, destroy this, destroy everything, and we got, we got Maul. Yeah. Um, so. God, the funny thing about Maul is, like, my buddy Alex Mogensen was the one who pushed it to Chicago, and Jeremy ran it, too. Because we're all we're all pretty tight together, but like no one believed Alex on Mall Crew on the Ghost when he started doing it, like at all. And he was, he was super right. No one ever believes this shit. No one believed me and Lyle last year when we were like, "Hey, uh, Lorik and Miranda is really disgusting." What? Who did? Who are you trying to say didn't believe you that Lorik and Miranda? Do you know how many people I showed I, they were that wrong. They were all wrong. Because let me tell you, as soon as so, Lorik got announced, we all went, this is stupid as fuck. Yeah, and everyone looked at Fairship Rebel. Like, sure. So that doesn't mean built, that Fairship was dumb, too. When I built that first it version also broken. of the Gen- my Gen Con <laughs> list, I showed it to a ton of people because I was like, I think there's something here. And the only people who told me to keep going with it were Nathan, Travis, and Chris. And everyone else was like, that's really meh. Eh, whatever. I really don't care about it. The math everyone, on it is disturbingly good. Yeah, everyone was meh and underwhelming. Like, there were only three people running it at Gen Con, and it was because two people came out to me literally the morning of the event and were like, man, what should I run? I, I really don't even know what I want to play. And I was like, you should try this. It's I think it's pretty good. And, like, that that was the end of it. So, man, we're just bad at understanding what's good until it's blindingly obvious. Uh, so where we are now, let's kind of go through what's your favorite – uh, pretend you're king of X-Wing for a day, um, and in Zach's case with his trophies, clearly at least king right now, right? I don't know. Something uh, like that. All right, so Dion, Dion, you're, you're, you're king for a day, man. Uh, you've seen a lot of games. What would you change? To improve the game, huh? Sure, yeah. Structurally, uh, at least. Stru- structurally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, like I, I'm gonna kind of harken back to what I was saying before. The when the dial matters more, the game is more fun. Now, 
Um, so if things that definitely do take away the dial, um, high pilot skill bombing, um, is, is probably, is a, is a very abusive effect. Um, we, we, we definitely learned that the high PS coordinate with boost is, uh, is an effect that gets boosted, uh, or that, that, um, that hurts the game because you can set a dial. You paid X amount of points to have a higher pilot skill ship and all those things. And all of a sudden they have a PS 11 that says, ah, my guy's in a bad position. We're going to boost now. Um, and the, the more that the dial doesn't matter, which I think is worse. We we've creeped into this part where the dial definitely does matter less than it used to when the game started. And I think that's where the majority of the negativity is. So if we can make the dial matter more, people will have more fun. Um, so then what do you got to do? I think you have to, um, you know, throw, probably throw a nerf bat at some turrets, throw a nerf bat at, um, at, uh, the coordinate action. I don't make it. I don't know if you can, you could limit it somehow. You can do whatever you want. You're king for a day, man. Um, I'm king. I'm king. All right. So coordinate is like you can assign. You can uh, a friendly ship at range one and two can perform a free focus. I saw aid. a coordinate nerf that I really liked. A friendly ship with a lower squad point cost than you, because then the upsilon is virtually untouched. Do you make it squad point cost or do you make it pilot skill based? I mean, is squad leader? Although good? I guess that doesn't do anything not. if it's lower. But yeah. yeah, that doesn't. That that keeps. Uh, the ghost fan fine um, but yeah when uh, I, I was able to get a hold of all the lists for Adepticon and when I when I did that just looking at the number of lists that were brought and how they did most of them just the, the most successful ones were lists that were able to make your dial matter less so they, they brought turrets um, at the most brought list was actually Ray plus a um, Ray plus something, and the plus was either Miranda or a Wookie, which the joke is, right? Well, Wookies are turrets, right? Because it's 180 degrees, super easy Not to keep things in order, yeah. right? Uh, the 100-point ace uh, was the next thing, which was almost always Miranda plus uh, plus Loric and some uh, some which Sheathapede's, their job is to hurt you, right? You, you're, um, I'm high PS, you know, moving somebody or i'm taking away your modifiers and making you significantly worse um, or i'm stressing you out yeah or i'm stressing you out which then affects you know you're taking away people's dial yep. do, um, do we actually see many sheathapedes outside of stressing ezra and high pilot skill fen no no those, those that, that okay. is a sheathapede that is a sheathapede ap5 uh, doesn't exist what's the fourth one zeb, I don't even know. zeb. What, what's he do He's he has thing. zeb's ability come on now What's what is Zeb's ability? Oh, cancel, cancel crits, crits first. first. Yeah, sure, okay. I'm amazed you actually knew that. Most Ghost Fen players wouldn't. <laughs> no, I'm sure they wouldn't. Uh, it's well, it's relevant to me because I add crits to everything. Oh, right? right. Like that's the only reason I know. It's harder to blind Zeb. What do I do? So, uh, because I know Bob has a very uh, detailed opinion on this, um, Blair, what would you do if you were X Wing King for a day? Well, make Harpoon spin the target lock. Uh, you know, I've, I think I've said this before, but, you know, if if public playtesting is not 
something that's going to happen as long as Disney is involved. Uh, you know, sell me on why public playtesting for purposes of errata is something that cannot be explored. Uh, you know, I don't, whatever the system is for playtesting, bad stuff is going to get through. Stuff that should not get through is going to get through. So I think the focus has to be on fixing things that come out, not making us play with these, you know, overpowered negative play experience, whatever you want to call it, not making us play with these things for, you know, six, nine, 12, 15 months. We're having to play with some of this stuff until it finally gets nerfed. I think that's where the underlying issues are really stemming from. I think there has to be, there has to be some change there to where we're more proactively having errata as opposed to just waiting, 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 having to play with these incredibly warped metas that frankly most people don't want to play in. So that's what I would change. Uh, I'm just going to give my two cents of I would release more campaign modes or campaign modes period at this point because Hodak isn't official. I would uh, release campaign modes and uh, go through a rotation of ships that are not in. I would I'd keep some base ships like that you can always run. But I would rotate ships out and so that way you could go through expansions, etc. I just think it'd be more interesting. Um and I like that they do that in some other games. Rotation would be really cool. It's hard yeah. to do it'd be hard to design it at this point, but it'd be really cool. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I disagree. They did it with Netrunner like at the, which is the exact same age as X Wing, right? And they did it at just this last year. They added rotation. Yeah, okay. I, I just think like, uh, Suddenly different Miranda's different delivery format too, though. Yeah, but. suddenly Miranda's not here for what do you mean? six months. You know, like uh, Miranda can be fixed by making her ability only in arc, also, though. Um, doesn't um, Netrunner do cycle packs like um, L five R does? Yeah, it's harder with X Wing where you have redundant cards come out. Sure. Um, well, and then so you have you have fixed packs and uh, so it's uh, yes and no, right? Like yeah, I'm fine it's, with uh, that, though. Like, right, it, it's like, that's fine. You could like, you could do it. Uh, one of the things that uh, so to kind of go about what Blair was talking about, um, with the with like you know we have these long extended periods where we're playing in situations where you just have crappy stuff that everyone knows is broken, everyone knows is too good, but we have to wait for them to get around to fixing it for you know whatever reason they have. Um, if they could fundamentally change like the delivery system that they even use, right? Like a lot of the other games that have open playtesting and that have a, a much quicker turnaround for that kind of stuff, they, uh, they're not waiting on like cardboard to get reprinted, right? Like there's either an app that's involved or there's, uh, or they give you the cards for free. You just print them off. Make yeah. I think Davey even said like he wished he could have an app or something yeah. like that on some, uh, interview he did. Um, Ricky didn't actually anoint me king yet in this metaphor, but I'm just hijacking it because you kind of <laughs> segue into it. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of cheeky shit I, I you know, I'd, I'd love to go off and troll and say, but like my biggest thing is I thought, I thought for years, like the pacing of the releases is kind of weird because it feels like, like while problems do linger for a while, like man, sometimes stuff comes out really fast and in large bunches and then 
like it just gets cut off. Like we got, you know, in a, it felt pretty quick, the turnaround from Sea Rock to Guns for Hire to, um, Wave 12 and 13 all hitting. And it's like, you know, we're, stuff's finally starting to get digested. And now we have this, you know, six, seven month plus wait for Wave 14 with nothing in between. You know, because wave itself is like X wings, which I feel like, other than maybe one ship that gets like regen, it's not going to be good. I have no faith in U wings, and you get a better palp carrier. (laughs) Well, I mean, Imperials could probably use that anyway, but uh, still, uh, still, that's not exactly like mind blowing change to the meta. Yeah, my my thing is, if you even it out, you have more time to understand and catch stuff. Um. I mean, so, one thing, but how how different is the release schedule right now? Like, how much has it changed? We just had one. We we had uh, one, one release that came early, basically, it, from its standard release schedule that it's been for the last five years. Yeah, but how long has it been problematic? I mean, there, mean? there are people who have made compelling arguments that, like, going back to Wave Five. I mean, Wave Four. You know, we had that super fun and interactive Fat Han. Well, Wave Four and a Half, we had that Fat Han versus Whisper meta. That's totally different than this meta because the lists are slightly different from each other. Yeah, right. No, for sure. Um, but that only lasted long because of the the strikes, and we couldn't get sh- stuff shipped. Yeah, well, that one. I mean, that meta actually, once the Whisper Pack came around, was tolerable. Well, um, yeah, but that was after Wave Six. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, w- yeah, Wave Eight was what was it, impacted by the strikes, but I mean, since Wave Eight, it feels like no, the it was Wave. Thing. It was Wave Five, man. Like uh, both. Yeah, because uh, remember they yeah, had they had Wave Five at Gen Con, and then we couldn't use it at Worlds because they hadn't come out yet. Yep. Yeah, because that was um, the last year I couldn't go to Gen Con, so I had to live in that world of uh, there was one guy that had Desi, or had Dash. Dash. Let's be real, yeah. there was one guy that had Dash and was making everyone in hell. Yep. So, but no, I I do think the pacing is somewhat problematic because like they don't get enough time to look at stuff like. One super underrated factor to the entire mess we're in is, um, man, I feel, I feel, Ricky, you're going to love this. I'm about to blame Last Jedi. But, uh, cause Last Jedi got delayed and Wave 12, 13 was supposed to come out with Last Jedi. So I would suspect that Wave 11, uh, the Nim Wave came out undercooked because FFG was like, well, shit, we want to release some product right now to make money or, Maybe they have some obligation. I don't know their contracts for how often they're supposed to release product, but it seems pretty obvious they either are obligated to or plan to release product with every new, new movie release because they're three for three now. Oh, no, they're so, obligated to. Disney, the mouse absolutely makes yeah, sense. So I, I guarantee you Wave 13, the BSF and Kylo went in a box that said, don't open till Last Jedi. Um and then FFG went, well, fuck, we got to make our quarterly plans and we need a big X-Wing release. So, uh, here's wave 11, we guess. Oh, fuck, Nim happened. Um, cause like the, the wave 12 of the gunboat, the chemo, um, I mean, granted the fucking sheathapedes in there, the rebel shit again. Um, but like the gunboat and the chemo felt like basically fun X-Wing ships, like real attempts to at least get us there. Yeah. The gunboat's um, a ton of fun. Yeah, and the chemo. The gunboat is not bad. It's getting figured out. The, the chemo dies too quick, X-Men. but it's the chemo dies too quick, but it's fun. Um, like I said, it's getting figured out too. So, yeah. like so, I mean, uh, 
You know what I would do if I were in charge of X-Wing? I would make Harpoon two points cheaper and just let every ship have it. Sure. <laughs> no, no, you got it. You just give, you give not the TIE Advance, just Darth Vader, auto thrusters, and the reload action. It's fine. <laughs> Bob, since you're actually working on, uh, X-Wing rebalancing with the community mod, what are some of the high level, high level things that you would do to quickly fix the game of X-Wing? Uh, I like Dion's general philosophy, which is make dials matter, and I know it's something that we all give lip service to, but I've gone through a lot of the pilot abilities for the number one, number two, number three type pilots in the game, and like Miranda, make her ability only in arc. Lorik, make his ability only work in arc, so... That's, you know, specifically the 90-degree arc or 85-degree arc, things Wait, like that. So you mean, like, if the friendly ship is in arc? The, if the other guy, not your friendly ship. The friendly ship oh, okay, still has so to be a range one. But if the attacker is within your firing arc, gotcha. your primary firing arc. So Lorik's ability wouldn't work on anything that's outside of that 90-degree uh, okay. yeah, arc. Okay, you me off for a second. I was like... If, if no, you, you wouldn't have to have him behind other ships. Um gotcha. Although, yeah, because that would be too easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we uh, fixed it. In, in turrets, I mean, I, I went through all the turrets and I made all of them, other than Ion, because I don't really know what to do with that one yet. Uh, as Alex Davies said, you don't want to live in a world where Ion is good, I think. I mean, um, we live in that world. There's just not enough people to know how to fly robots. I, I was going to yeah. say, I, I came pretty close to putting people in that world in 2015. Mm. I just didn't know what I was doing well enough. But but otherwise, anyway, where I'm going to this is I make all the turrets better when you have the target in arc. So TLT gets a really drastic nerf in my version, which is to say it only gets the second attack if the target is either in arc or at range 2. I haven't really tested it a whole lot, so I need some analytical data to see, well, how often is it going to get the second attack versus the first attack, and then I can figure out what's a reasonable cost on various loadouts. But the idea is really interesting. Obviously, if you get somebody in arc, you're fine. I guess uh, I guess the ghost sees a little bit of a buff from that because it gets to use this entire rear arc. Uh, but the range... Two versus three is kind of interesting, right? Because you don't want to you don't want to get donated at range one, but you wouldn't want the thing to be at range three. So it would give you like this little tension, and you know there would be more space there it for where maneuvers matter. matter. Yeah, you could actually have like a quad TLT versus a quad TLT, and the person who quote unquote flew better would probably actually be the one who won in that case. So at a high level, that's the sort of thing that I like doing. Um, obviously, there's a lot of cost changes that should just go in because some stuff is just silly. So my really, really, really high-level design for what I would do personally if I were to run a game company is I think I would make the business model that I would try to have zero long-term power creep. And that's just because I'm coming at this from a player's perspective where I want to be able to pull out a lot of different things out of the toolbox. I still want to be able to pull out Horton 10 waves later and him to yes, not be terrible. <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's fun from a game standpoint, but that's terrible from a business standpoint. It might be, but no, I don't that, know. But no, no, it might no, be no, more sustainable from a game standpoint. Hey, hey, he's, no, it's he's super bad. King. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, think about that though. Like, I know a lot of people are thinking about quitting the game because 
eh, there's only three or four squads that are really good at any point in time, either by intentional design or unintentional design, one of those two. And uh, it's almost always the most recent stuff because there's more power creep. And I understand the philosophy of it naturally, but... This isn't power creep, what everyone's complaining about. This is that... I mean, for me, it always goes back to the three pillars. And And the jousters, arc dodgers, and turrets. And the the designers themselves have said that's the game they won. The problem is turrets are way up here in the atmosphere. Aces are down here. So Ghost Fen is all three by the numbers. Yeah, they say that the problem is that the joust, the turrets are usually incredible arc dodgers, and the arc dodgers usually have really good jousting efficiency because of like passive defensive mods, and the dedicated jousters are just sad unless they're like pre nerf X seven defenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. that's the problem. It's not power, like example of power creep is like the generic skurg compared to like a B wing. Like the skurg is clearly hands down better, but even the Skurg can't touch the, or the generic Skurg anyway, the PS1, even they can't touch the mat right now because of just this whatever you want to call the world we're living in. So, it, I mean, that's a nice thought to say, like, no power creep at all, but I mean... Well, and it's, it's a pipe dream. It's If the new stuff is never better than the old stuff, one, it's it's virtually impossible if you're introducing mechanics that can't be mathematically quantified. And if you're only introducing mechanics that can mathematically be quantified, you narrow your design pool significantly. But, like, also, like... I'd love to talk about that one in a sec, but continue. If you look at, like... Like, so, I mean, one of the reasons I didn't get into X-Wing for a long time (laughs) is for a long time in the early days of X-Wing, it was dominated by the TIE Swarm. Like, it was obviously clearly the best list. And I was like oh, that's a really interesting game, and, like, people enjoyed it, and they, it was fun, but, like, to me, who, at that time, I had more of a creative itch, I was like, yeah, but, like, everyone already has a two-and-a-half-year head start on playing the TIE Swarm on me, or whatever the timeline was, maybe it was a year and a half, I'm like, they already have a, a head start on playing the best list in the game, that I'm not willing to pretend like this is a job and close the gap. So, like, if you have a list that stays dominant forever, like, you just make it harder and harder to catch up to the people who started from the beginning. And at some point you need people who are getting into the game to have some relative entry point, because even if you manage to keep everything perfectly balanced, the older stuff then would necessarily have an advantage because people would have been playing it longer and have more. Yeah, rest. I've got a, I've got experience with it. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, go. Bobby said you had a point. We're gonna we're, we'll let you t- uh, do that. And then oh, gonna, um, got some questions here. Well, two two brief points is that if you look at Ghost Fen, it is actually a power creep from a numerical standpoint because even forgetting the fact that it has boost, it is really really high jousting efficiency for a turret. Uh, once you consider Fen's debuffs in there, I, I won't get into all the numbers here, but it's really good, right? This is obviously why it's. Uh, super strong, and somebody that doesn't really know the game that well can just plop it down on the table and throw dice around and crush things because its cost efficiency is so good. Uh, like, as an extreme example, if you could get it to proc sensor jammer on every single incoming shot, like, aka, there's two enemy ships left and Fen debuffs them both, it's got 100% jousting efficiency in just the ghost. It's which, on a turret that can boost. It's completely insane. That is just nuts. And boost at PS11 most times. Yes, and boost at PS11. So there are definitely some power creep factors there. Um, but 
there's always only been a few good lists at once, and it's always been that those lists are the ones that are the most cost efficient. It's there's almost no exceptions to that. There's things like uh, you know triple K wings with tactician and stuff that's technically lower cost efficiency, but it makes up for it by bringing everyone else down to their level, sort of thing. Um, and as far as as far as not designing things that can't be mathematically modeled, I think you can. You can always bolt on later and figure out how to approach the problem, but you need to understand how to do analytical playtesting. And I think this is something that Fantasy Flight Games is very much not good at because, A, you need to have a really good mechanical, mathematical understanding of, in general, how these systems work. And then, B, when you add a new thing and you don't exactly know how to model it, you need to be able to look at it and reframe it and then say, okay, well, I'm looking to see how often ability X triggers, and now I can take that and turn that into a figure of merit that I can use. And now I'm in the ballpark of knowing, okay, that's what it should cost. Um, but I, I honestly don't think Fantasy Flight Games is particularly good at either of those. Uh, and, and analytical testing would be like super-duper helpful if you know what you're looking for. Uh, and I feel like a really good playtesting program, that's that's what you would want to do. Like Blizzard does that. They don't. They actually don't really do the design side as well. They just have so much data that they can crunch all of the data and say, okay, yeah, by meta-analysis of 10,000 test games, clearly the Hydra attack speed needs to go up by like point what one, you know? Blizzard game, well, that's the problem is <laughs> Blizzard doesn't do that. Yeah. Before games come out, we're just the live test mules. Like, I quit playing Blizzard games for a year after Overwatch and Hearthstone, because I or not Hearthstone, um, Hearthstone is a nightmare that I will not touch anymore. After talking to Chris Travis, uh, that that competitive is a total dumpster fire. But Heroes of the Storm, like a bunch of us are getting back into it, and it's there's a, a hero game, that came but... out with what? What does Phoenix have right now? Let me look. I think Phoenix has a 65 percent win rate in competitive. It's not. They've clearly done a lot of balancing that. No, but that's you always do that. Like this is the, every free to play game that releases champions like that. They always have a high win rate because it makes people buy them. No, and that, and then, that's like that's and that that is a business yeah, so now, decision. Now we're down to the power group discussion again. Yeah. All but right. You, I I just sorry. I guess I I'm picking too. I'm arguing semantics too hard. But the All Blizzard right. Blizzard choice upset me yeah oh by the way i loved your point earlier zach that there was too much tie swarm earlier because i know we want to say oh the game is terrible but it's really easy to have but you don't want that to be the only thing right you want it to be a diverse and varied stuff so yeah the same my point was my point had had nothing to do with the specifically the tie swarm is that the same thing over and over and over again pick your pick your absolute favorite most fun list you ever had and pretend 80% of a tournament is that for two years. and you. But it wasn't 80% of a tournament. Like, that's I, not the, I'm that's not the life we lived in. Ass, Tyler. I know you yeah, are, but yeah. I mean, like, but that's what, okay, but yeah, I, I understand that. Tyler, and most, your like, the best feelings, lists were, were, were uh, Double Falcon versus Tie Swarm, I think, were probably, like, if we're talking Wave 3. Well, Four Ship the, Rebel was still good. Yeah. It was and, all and, over the place. Five Ship Rebel was still good. Yeah. Um. So it, it's not that... uh. You, uh, this this is an interesting thing, thing that happens with uh, gaming, and uh, well, lots of things in general. But it's so it's the human perspective of feeling. So you were exactly right when you were looking at it, and you go, "Oh man, I don't know if I want to play this because it feels like Tie Swarm is the only thing that wins, right?" 
Mm-hmm. Like that's not actually true. There was lots of other stuff that won, but if you just look at it from that outspied perspective, you're like, oh, well, that's the only list that's good. And I, I, and other people have just gotten more chances to play with that list, right? They have more experience with it than I do. Like that's that's a fair statement, but that's not actually backed up by data. Well, I right? mean, it definitely was the most popular, the probably the most dominant yeah. list at the time. And um, to be fair, it, at the time, our data collection it was, was it, yeah. Huge. We don't we have we don't know that for that. That might have even been before I was doing data collection manually, yeah. which was terrible. Yeah, I don't think I mean, it was like, that, that wave, though. Well, but I mean, like wave three was when Dom won everything he looked at for six months with uh, three shuttles and soon fell. Right. <laughs> to be yeah. fair, like, Dom is better than all of us. No, I I mean that's that's not wrong, but at the same token, like there was a lot of, um, I mean that's when I I, I crushed with. Crassus Doom Shuttle and, and fell for that whole like same a, period. I right? was on two A three B for a while at that point too. Yeah, and I was winning so a lot like, with that. So there was there were a lot of other lists out there that were doing good. And, uh, and polls and polls walk the dogs list was yeah, still really good. Yeah, it's still really good like, at that point. It, it, the statement of like and, and Paul said it a bunch was like I have to bring something that can beat a tie swarm right. Like that's, he went that's one fair. step further and he said he only tested against it. The, sure. the statement that jumped out at me years ago was Jeff Burling, who said, you're not going to be Tie Swarm with arcs. I don't know if I agree with him. I mean, he, I mean he, this was after that's... he won Gen Con, but I was like, that is a pretty profound analysis. And I'm... I think I think that's interesting. I don't necessarily disagree with it. But um... Dengaru used arcs is the irony. <laughs> <laughs> the okay, he, he, said that, he said this during Wave 5. Um, all right, so let's. I, I, I've been trying to transition to this, and I think that we've made a pretty good point to it. Um, that we've been complaining about some of the structural uh, portions of that were X-wings necessarily bad, and we've also alluded to with how we'd fix things some of the commercial issues that have come up with you know release schedules, um, some of the half-baked um, ways that they fix stuff, and some of. Uh, and and frankly, some of the some of the ways that uh, FFG has maybe uh, done themselves a disservice, like you know the the NIM trajectory ruling uh, at um, at the Minnesota regional. That was hint hint nod nod. This is what yeah, we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Ooh. that's what they're doing. But I mean, you know, just say you're going to do it, right? Um, I know that there might be stuff to go through, but that's no matter what, that's still not necessarily a great look. Um, and then, you, you know, with um, the world's lottery, it's not been great. Um, basically, <laughs> there's been there's been a, there's been some other things that have compounded this, and basically, what that leads to, and this is, I'm going to say, I'm going to begin this with the ugly, although there's even some more things where. Um, we as podcasters get kind of stuck in a, it seems like an infinite, like what is the, the biggest, uh, complaint about us as podcasters is always, all we do is complain about the competitive game. We've literally just went through 35 minutes of it, right? Um, and, and we're stuck in this loop and that isn't helping anything, uh, either, right? Um, so to get into the ugly, I mean, there's been, uh, it, maybe it's just American players, but a lot of people are claiming to not have fun anymore. And 
some of some of the stuff's kind of getting outrageous. I mean, at the Adapticon final, right? Uh, we haven't talked about this on the cast yet, but the Adapticon final, which I guess Dion, you can take this because you were you you streamed that, right? Didn't yeah, I was there. I, I, <laughs> well, he streamed part of it. Some other people helped stream the middle of it, but it's I, fine. I left. Um, I left because I saw the matchup and was like, I don't care. Um, but it was a. I went matchup. to an open bar. It was a mirror matchup between uh, Nimranda, right? No, yep. Miranda. Little no, no, it wasn't Nimranda. It was the Her, 100 point ace. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. uh, Stress Bunker, I think, is the the yeah. name that they've thrown on Metal Wing. Uh, Ego Mark uh, 26 and a half. Something like that. Mark um, 666. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a Star Wars thing. <laughs> but, they, but they ended up uh, getting down to the Mirandas, right? Yeah, so the, the, the lists were exactly the same minus the EPT, but the points-wise it was Miranda on Miranda with uh, defensive stacking and regen. And uh, the the end game was two ships that couldn't kill each other. Because yeah. because when you say defensive start, they had three PO. Right, they had C three PO plus Loric, which Loric got them to the end game yep. with enough health to to get to this point. Um, and on on average dice, defensively and offensively, it was just going to end up being a stalemate. And that's what we saw, like. You know, there was up and there was down. Like, oh, William's getting ahead a little bit. Oh, Andrew's getting ahead. Like, there was, you you saw it going back and forth. But you know, if you were to, and, and to they take were a both, step back, it was even. Yeah, and they were both good enough players that they weren't like the bomblet generator was never actually a factor yep. at that point, yep. right? Like, neither of them were going to be like, oh, I'm going to go follow that Miranda for a couple turns because it doesn't matter. Well, like, because they both have tarts too. So well, if yeah, one has a single attack, the other has yeah. a single attack. So yeah. So I'm going to back up. I didn't watch that game at all. Um, don't plan to. Sorry, Dion. Love you. It's a, it's, it's Everyone okay. go subscribe to Gold Squadron. Um, <laughs> there are yeah, definitely... Yeah, mash that subscribe button. There are definitely ways to win that. Tim Hilton and I talked about it a lot um, back after Gen Con. Um, the, what it, why is my computer talking at me? Um, the, um, the rough play-by-play I got, um, it sounds like both players were extremely conservative. Uh, the matchup super favors whoever has initiative. I don't know who had initiative, um, but there's a lot of correct aggressive plays to make that win you the game if you have initiative. Yeah. Uh, to bring it back to the ugly section, though, um, what actually happened, right? Dion, didn't they write down? We're just gonna like. Why couldn't they just? They were. They decided to final salvo because they were saying we're not having any fun on right, yeah. stream at Adepticon. Yeah, they uh they just decided that they that they were done. Um by the rules, they're not allowed to just say, "Hey, let's roll final salvo," which uh this is probably a rule that needs some type of adjustment, but um they decided it's like, "Well, you can't force us to play." Um that which is what they they said. And while after that I have had talks with judges and some of them say like well, you have to enforce a steady pace of plays, like, but they, that's actually not in the rules anywhere. I've talked about that on, on Gold Squadron podcast. Pace is, pace of play is only mentioned twice, and it's like the core rule book. It was like a fun, pace, fast paced game. And in, uh, the tournament description for, um, not, not premier level, but formal level or something like that, it says, uh, players are expected to keep a, uh, a good pace of play. But, that's it's not defined anywhere. So the players just decided, hey, you, you can't force us to play. 
Uh, Are you good? Uh, I'm good. Unrelated, uh, I definitely... Slow play. That, this I is why slow play is unenforceable. Un- <laughs> yeah, I definitely bit that... Uh, what do you mean you can't sure. gauge intent? Yeah, it's so <laughs> dumb. Um, well, but, but it's, it's not even slow playing either, right? Because if neither player sets a dial, who's right. slow playing who? Yeah. yeah, yeah. None of them were wrong. And that was funny. I was talking to... Uh, to Patrick Patrick, he's a, a community member who reached out to me and, and is also working on pace of play research. And that game, the game for him is actually unusable because he, the way he's tracking it rather than it being turn, turn based, um, it's like by minutes, uh, seconds of dials, uh, which even, even my method doesn't work either because I look at total length of game and total turns. They walked away for it was like 22 minutes, something like that uh-huh. and, and just didn't play. They came over to the stream. They explained to the people what was happening. Um, yeah. Strong. Yeah, my, my favorite thing about the entire event <laughs> was watching Team Covenant set up their cameras like they were going to record the game. And I was just like, Zach, you don't want this game. I promise. Like, it's yeah. nothing, nothing good will come of this. Just go home early, man. Um, we all told Andrew they should find just final salvo before the game. We're like, you can save a lot of time by final salvoing. Yeah, well, so but they they had played the mirror matchups in Swiss. Ah, uh, hyperspace and qualifier. I think they actually played each other. Yeah, yeah. So like, the, I mean, they they understood that there was the the opportunity to win the game, but it was like after the when first half hour. Miranda, Miranda, it's... Yeah, like they, well, they hit that and after that long of a day too. Like, oh, I, sure. I I feel bad because I I criticized what sounded like conservative play. But also, like, I mean, having been there, having been at the end of that day two, at the end of a long tournament, you, there's definitely spots where it's like, all right, I'm just going to avoid the move that fucks me here and hope to figure it out in a turn or two. Well, and very specifically, like, uh, Will's run in that tournament was, like, crazy. Like, he won the top eight and the top four game on the last play of time on a die roll in each Yeah, game. well, it was so... Like Kevin, a, Kevin pursued the wrong strategy perfectly and put himself in an 87% chance to win and got the 13%. And then against Phil, though, yeah. Will needed to roll two nat evades on two green die and got it. Yeah. Like, like, like Duncan's like, how do I get that plot armor? Right. No, I mean, like, that's <laughs> like he made the right, like he ra- made the right move to give himself a shot to win. Right. Like he did the right yeah. thing, but even still like. The, the percentages on that. To, to well, and in the Kevin game, you're not going to stop and be like, hey, you know you can do three more damage a turn to lower Gavish, <laughs> right? Like, you're not just going to cut Kevin off and be like, hey, listen, listen, shoot my DR3 ship. I'm sure the damage will stick. So, well, it did. so, so was, to our yeah. point, though, like, there is a lot of, like, not just the Adepticon final, right? Not just these games. There's a lot, like... I mean, the, the memes are getting a little ridiculous. Uh, there are salt tokens that have been out there. Um, basically, uh, everyone talks about how we complain about X-Wing all the time. Not just us, but like the crates and, uh, sorry, the Kryats and, you know, everybody, right? Um, and it's like, th- this is like an ugly underbelly of X-Wing right now. And I guess it's not even underbelly. Like, it's out in the open and it is perhaps more okay i don't know because the some of the structural stuff about the game does drive me nuts but perhaps more than that like it makes what is most fun for me about x-wing you know uh hanging out with everybody 
it uh, makes that like less fun. Um, like this is gonna like ruin that. I don't know. Like there's a lot of like ugliness in the game right now. Um, I don't necessarily know how I want to cover that, but <laughs> I talked about it. I talked about it a little bit uh, in relation to um, like streams mm-hmm. and how a lot of a lot of streams are just like cruel to each other, man. It it, it can oh. be, and you know I'm 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 actively trying to 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 curb um, some of that uh, before Dion, worlds and Dion, you, you, didn't, you didn't come from the world of Twitch chat. Don't I, don't try I, to understand Twitch chat. Just let it happen. I I, I understand. See, but the thing is, like Tyler, you don't give two shits about what anybody says to you. It's very true. Right? That's, that's your not, no. That's, that's not true. There's like three or four people that might say something that might get to me. Sure, sure. <laughs> that's a very small percentage. There yeah. are people. That, it's just a reality. Like yeah. X Wing. X Wing has really drawn in a a really wide myriad of players, and there are definitely people who are hypersensitive to what one person says to them, even if they don't even know the person. Yeah. Right. So, like, but. I have seen. I mean, to, to to roll it back to to some of the ugly right now. When it comes to when I'm when I'm streaming and like I have to actively think about like, all right, I want to have a good game here. I need to make sure that I don't like. W- when I was talking to Johnny, Johnny helped me out and streamed the first day of Adepticon while I was playing. I said, Johnny, don't if you, if you see the person playing a ghost, don't even ask them to play. Like that was something I had to do yeah. because I knew that. Like people wouldn't want to watch if you if they saw the ghost on the stream, um, and people would complain about it. So sure. it's there is there so, are some things that are that are that are hurting right now for sure. Yeah. So one thing I didn't get a chance to uh to like submit uh, ahead of time for well because you already recorded that episode right like where you're talking right. about the Twitch tox- Twitch mm-hmm. tox- toxicity and such. Yep. Um. So like. You see this a lot in, especially like professional esports and whatnot. Um, it's not as much as in like professional sports because they have like, they have better, uh, um, social media presence managers for all those kinds of people. But we're getting there and other stuff like that. But you'll see people that, especially like in the early stages of League of Legends, um, in the LCS and whatnot, where they're, I mean, they're effectively kids, right? Like these, they're 19, 20 or whatnot. And they're, they're playing games in front of, and someone chokes, like they have a bad game. Right. Like it happens. Everyone's been there. But, you know, they start getting just shit talked about them on Twitter and such like that. Right. And it, it negatively affects them. Like that's a real thing. And that's that's fine. That that absolutely happens to people. But like with Twitch chat, like every single app or method of viewing Twitch. Right. Like if you view it on a desktop, you view it on your phone, you watch it on your TV or whatnot. All of them have this really great thing where you can click a button and you don't see chat anymore. It just goes away. It's not there. Like, just don't read it. Like, if you want to be a part of it, go be a part of it. But just, like, just don't read it. I don't know. Uh, it's tough to tune out, though, man. Is it? No, you click a button and it's gone. It's not tough. Well, it's gone. Yeah, it's it's the temptation uh, to look at it. Yeah, it is definitely it's, it's the you know, XKCD you know uh, web, web comic. But somebody on the internet is wrong. Sure. <laughs> it's fine. And and here here is, like... I. I don't want it to sound like I'm, I'm telling people how to how to how to talk, but there are some people who, in my opinion, spend too much time, like actively trying to be loud and trying to be oh. negative. Wow, I feel called out. 
No, not you. You're just you're just loud. You're just loud. Um, you happen like, to be negative. You're not trying to. Right. Exactly. And um, and I I see a lot of the same names. Like I I've been. I've stared at that chat screen enough to start recognizing <laughs> names, and it's it's like, it's it's just kind of shitty that there there are people who spend their time like I I'm just I'm waiting for an opportunity to to hurt somebody, you know, with with my words, even even though the person doesn't actively see it in that moment, um, like it has become a culture. So like if you watch my stream and then a couple months later you're at an event and I come up to you and say hey you want to play. Now all of a sudden you're you're thinking about that chat when that one player accidentally tapped a ship, right? They just they just tapped it and all of a sudden it's you know a couple degrees a little to the left. I'm like, oh, he did it on purpose. Da, da, da. Like there's it's all all kinds of stuff. My first two times on stream were just like pure unadulterated terror. Um, I think I just straight messed up game effects. Like I zombied against Bernie Lynn and like just. I mean, that was back in the days where regionals were all one day, and I was the one who drove. So this was 10 p.m. at night, and I woke up at, like, 4.30 that morning to pick everyone up. And uh, my second time, I was being recorded in Minnesota, and I met someone who's like-minded, and I was a little calmer about it. But, like, we had one, like, minor misplay, and me and him had already developed a report at this point. So we started yelling at the the microphone and the camera. We're like, is that okay, Internet? Are you happy, Internet? Like, <laughs> the only thing that came out of that game is, one, the Mike heard me tell my opponent that he has balls, and I like balls, because I was quoting Team America World Police. And, um, two, uh, that was the first live mic I was on. So, four months later, I'm at Gen Con, and someone's like, hey, are you that guy from Milwaukee? I'm like, yeah, because I made the pew-pew noise. He goes, are you going to do that the whole game? And I'm like, you bet. That's funny. But yeah, it was uh, I, it was like nerve wracking until I realized that was the biggest consequence is people knew I made spaceship noises now. Dion, I'm super serious. You need another monitor for your setup, and it's just Twitch chat, and put that on the table and, uh, and open up the live mic. Let me shit talk people on the internet <laughs> as I'm playing at an event. They could, well, they're not good enough to be at. Okay, no, hold on. I have it screen capped on my phone from Gen Con from my top 16 game because someone else's game was um over, and you move the camera to me and Andrew. Yeah, and the game came in like right as my Miranda died, and it was lowered first Miranda. And <laughs> yeah. Twitch chat is like, why isn't Zach conceding? Why is Zach being a dick? Why is Zach forcing Andrew to play this out? And then two turns later, it's just Lorik. Right. So, I, well, to, 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 but so also, uh, this is uh, this is the same. This is the same Andrew, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. same Andrew. That is... Andrew. Andrew messed up there though. Like yeah. big time, he should have slammed I, away. I, don't know so he messed up the turn before because since well, Lorik's not a turret, but... um I don't think his slam could have gotten out of Lorik's not turret arc. The turn before when he didn't just fly straight at me and fly past me was the mistake. Like the turn where he did he didn't slam out of arc, um I I think that um either of it because he did a two maneuver he did a two speed maneuver, I think it was a two hard. I think his two slam too hard because um, I was directly behind him. So if you do a if you do a too hard too hard slam, it's like a three D cloak uh, or D cloak with a three template. Um, so Lorik would have still had that shot actually. But yeah, he he messed up the turn before. Is a, is the correct the correct story there? I, I 
I've watched that one a couple times. So, I mean, but to, to add to the point, like, if you don't play it out, he never would have had the opportunity to lose. Yeah. So. All right. So, um, let's talk about. The, I, the, the ugliness a little bit. Adage, by the way, if you if you really want some ugly here, uh, it's, this level is so crushing on the podcast, though. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I, what can be what can be done about this, or is this like internet culture? Just <laughs> so part of it is <coughs> uh, the game is getting big enough, right? That you have people that are at like that have participated in other effectively internet cultures, right? Like they've mm-hmm. they've been part of it um you i mean you cure it in the lingo and then uh oh god what was it where it was all the europeans were freaking out about it last year what were what were we saying natties. oh natties. Natties. Yeah. yeah they were like oh why oh natties this is terrible why would someone say that it's just like okay that's what you're well, mad about it, i guess it because 186 covered it it sounds like nappies which in oh. england means diapers, diapers i guess sure. yeah I guess that's weak, but uh, I guess yeah. That means like that means that in America too. Uh, I, the other thing is like source the one have thing, a baby. When, source have. when the crates started to become like a bigger thing when we did, like people didn't get the disrespect like that it was supposed to be tongue in cheek and joke. Yeah, and a lot of people just started being openly shitty to people, and then following up with a get good or fly better, like like they somehow. Yeah. I've said this to uh, to all of you, to all of the the cryats, um, that I do think that uh, they are using the cryat that there are people using the cryat language to be jerks to other people. Yeah, there are people who don't. You could get say it to be an asshole. There's definitely people yeah. being assholes. Yeah, and I I don't love that they're using they're using that. Uh, we super don't either. Well, okay. But like, I, so I agree with that statement, but at the same token, those people were going to be assholes anyway. They just have a quote like, oh, but now I get to do it because there's somebody that's popular that does it. You know, like they were going to do it either way. Yeah. That's a good point. It is is true. They didn't latch onto us. Like if they didn't say get good, they would have said fly better. If they didn't say that, they would have just said just win more or, you know, for sure. What about your acrylic? I would have been a thing. I don't know. People people find excuses to be douchebags, right? All right. So, what is there to be done about this? I mean, I'm just curious. Like, I don't I don't know honestly um, at this point. Uh, but is it just like make the game more, make the game better, and this stuff fixes itself, or like? I don't know, man. Like that's kind of where, where I'm at. Is I don't I don't have the answers anymore. Tr- I mean, if I'm just the a, people a are the problem, man. <laughs> if if the people are the problem, it's it's almost unsolvable because the larger the game goes, the less self selective it is, and the more likely you are to get those people. Mm-hmm. And and I, like that's I think that's just unfortunately you cannot. The larger the sample size, the harder it is to keep pure, and the easier it is to contaminate. Well, it's, 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 that's not, it's not, I think a bigger issue there. Here we go. That's, I think a bigger issue there is that a lot of, and this, this stretches to the, the Twitch toxicity and, uh, other people being assholes. Like they're the vocal minority, but they're very vocal. 
And as you grow in size, you now see that, that that number increases, right? So it's like when there's one out of the hundred, you all see the one and we don't care. Like Paraguma Slayer says something and everyone goes, oh, that's just what he does, right? Mm-hmm. But when there's 20 Paraguma Slayers, suddenly it's not as good. And it feels worse because there's 20 of them out there, but there's... If you Paragumba know, Slayer yeah, was the low end of the spectrum, <laughs> this is getting out of hand. Yeah, there's two, right. Damn it, but Clone Wars memes, can't resist. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, like, if it's the same Slayer, 1%. Yeah, oh, if Paragumba Slayer was the lowest, I mean, for a long time, he was, like, probably the nastiest person in X-Wing, and it was a better time. Sure. And I'm not even, like, saying that, like, I mean, that's just, I'm just using that as an example, right? Like, so... I think it's that this is an issue of scale as the game gets more popular. Like that's just yeah, what happens. They just multiply. Yeah, Blair, uh, what's your take on all of uh, on all of this? Do you think there's anything to be done about that portion of the X Wing community? Do you just ignore it? Like, what is your take on this? Well, yeah, <clears throat> as it as it gets bigger, it's, it gets more toxic. That's just a natural progression. Uh, I don't. I think everyone just has to take it individually and just decide how they're going to, how they're going to deal with it. Blair's the wrong person to ask about that. Cause he feasts on the salt of everyone that tells him flying seven Z's is wrong. It's like, Oh yeah, I probably flying this bad. Just set your shit down. Let's see how it goes. If Blair feasts on salt, is that cannibalism? <laughs> <laughs> That's just how he maintains dead sea or dead sea levels of salt. Love you, Blair. That's so funny. Um, All right, so that's kind of the state of the union now. Um, What else? Is there anything else we want to cover about the state of X-Wing that that we missed? I mean, there's dank memes now. Um, I think that's both good and bad. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think it's super awkward that we're in a frustrating meta and we haven't had any, like, we got, how long ago was the X-Wing fix teased? And that was the longest drought of news in a really long time. Like it's it super was hurt. Jo- it was a joke level, right? Was it sixty six days? Like what 65. was it? Was the next- it was actually sixty five days, yeah. But um, it was like it was at the point where like I mean we're we're in a non fun meta, but there's also like the light at the end of the tunnel is like really dim and there's no battery and lighting experts in X-Wing to yeah, help yeah, out anymore. Cause I don't believe it. Like the well, joke that Lyle always said that the X-Wing fix was like the last like straw. No, that was break, me break to get out of jail. Okay. Well then he stole yeah, that. I said you. it on your podcast. I said they have two in case of emergency in case of dead game break glass. X-Wing gunboat. fixed in Gunboat, and they went yeah. with Gunboat first. And, and they've just used the X-Wing one, right? And, and I don't have any faith that it's... Honest to goodness, I don't think that 19-point flight assist astromech X-Wings at PS1, right? Like, or yeah, So, no, that would be 20 points. Five of them. You cannot sell me that that's a good list, and that's a list... Uh, that, that entirely I, depends on how what the title is. Because yeah. if that title is good, I absolutely can sell you on that. All right, so, so let's just let's just let's just run under the assumption that if it's one or two, you can do a boost, and if mm-hmm. it's uh, if it's no, if it's yeah, one or two, if it's three or four, you could do um, a barrel roll, or maybe it's the other way around. Uh, I think I it has remember. to do it. But sure, I, I it, I'm pretty sure it's opening the dial more than that, is in mm-hmm. in the sense of giving it talent rolls, is based on like what the card text looked like, but. Mm-hmm. 
Who knows? Do you think? Do you think that five of those with talent rolls is is good? I I I'm a and, and flight assist. I mean, yeah, and flight assist. And there's, still needs there's, cost efficiency. There's two sides to the card, so we don't know what everything is yet. Yeah. Uh like, like seeing it would certainly help. And I mean, the flip side is like, you know, as much as we we talk about the break glass metaphor, like one of the things that you guys laid at the developers' feet is they've been at it for how long and they still haven't fixed the X-wing, and they come around and they go to fix the X-wing, and now us as cynical and bitter as we are, go, <laughs> oh. Clearly, the game is dead because they're fixing the X-wing. When previously, we're like, "Well, why haven't you fixed the X-wing yet?" Well, like, okay. There's two. There's two different groups of people here, Zach. I own that. The, the I'm both of them. I'm out of Yeah, you are. You right happen now. to be both of them. That's the problem. Uh, so, also to to go back to your uh, your metaphor there, there's a, a very distant light at the end of the tunnel, um, and it's it's not very bright. Uh, the problem is that light's actually an oncoming train. I don't think it's an oncoming train. I think I, uh, I think we've already been hit by the train. Like you want to get hit by a train, so I have I have two uglies and one's less ugly. So here's yeah. the one that's really scary for me, um, because we talk about we've been sitting here complaining about why how we're upset about the game, um, but also like the game is also yeah at least at these large tournaments showing up in really high numbers. Um, never mind when you went to your local game store during the last Nim meta and it was empty. Um, cause I had that plenty of times. Um, I was the only one there. I missed a night and someone texted me, Hey, no one's here. Um, but so we ran our story league. I, I had two things that alarmed me and should have set off the alarm bells sooner. We ran our Ryan story league, which was amazing. And multiple people who've been playing, they bought, they got in after force awakens course that maybe, maybe after wave eight had been out. We're really, really upset. They're like, I don't have all these powerful card interactions to play the game, to dictate the game. All I can do is set my dial and use my one action, and I really don't like this. They were upset. They were upset, and some of them got in Ryan's face about it. Like, what? You're that addicted to this? And then, like, the other one I had, again, different group of people because those people have been pretty firmly extricated from at least the group of people I – that might be the wrong word. I've removed them from the group of people I interact with deliberately. So I ran our no uniques, no generic, or no uniques, no duplicates league, right? Everyone I talked to said people loved it, you know, very popular. Man, I had so many people bitching at me. They're like, there's hardly any card combos in this. The list of someone flies better and wins. Someone said that to me. All that happens is someone flies better and wins. And they said that was a problem with the format. So... Those people exist, and those people look at this game, and they're like, oh, yeah, all these card combos, so my Miranda never takes damage and dies no matter what? Yes, this is great. Oh, I can even land on a rock now and it doesn't matter? This is great. There are people effing love this shit. And well, it's because they, they came into the game at a different time. Obviously, yeah. people like but us that have problem. been here forever are going to like a no generics, no, no duplicates list. Because they're we uh extreme stars. Oh, oh, you yeah. can run generics. They just have to be different generics. That's what I would do. Or no, no uniques, no duplicates. Not no uniques, yeah. no generics. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, but I always say no uniques, no generics because I, I know I bad at words, but yeah, yeah no I uniques. Understood you. Yeah, yeah, I understood you. Um, yeah, I can't even, I can't even believe that. Um, honest to I, God, I've got witnesses. I can probably even dig up the text if I wanted to. So, 
Do we think that, like, let's, like, you said look into the future and there's a train coming, but, um, do we think that this gets better in the future? Like, um, like, does it require a reboot like, uh, Bob's community mod or, um, no, it probably requires an addition change. We've, we've been saying this for what, two years in, uh, November? I mean, if you keep saying it, you're going to call it eventually. I, right? I, I, <laughs> Eventually, the broken clock is right, or something. Or they just let the game die. Like that's that's the options we have here. We could, you I mean, so, you know, so so do you honestly think that there's nothing that they could do in the current uh, in the current rule set? Because they've got FAQs, they could just say, yeah. TLT well, there's, done. There's, you know? No, there's the lots thing of things that's they disheartening can do. is that we haven't gotten one for worlds, and we're probably past the window. We're Hopefully. not going to get one for worlds. F- fingers crossed that when this if, episode releases, like, like ah, Zach is one... stupid. Look at our game saving fact. If we get one for Worlds, I'm going to find whoever's a playtester and ask them what they're running and how to run it. <laughs> I'm not a playtester. I'm running Racklovator. <laughs> well, the, I'm, 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 I know I'm running Woodchipper. I know I'm not going to win. I'm like, it's the worst thing. Yeah. Is, is this like you, the you best? Think the, do you think a fact's going to touch Woodchipper? You're fine, yeah. Ricky. You're so fine. <laughs> like, the thing is, like, I'm High shuttle done. upgrade. Man. Man. They might touch TLT. Yeah, there you go. He's right. Um, I have been ban of TLT would be a happy starting point. I don't, yeah. I don't give a shit. Just ban it, and we'll we'll figure it out from there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bring on so, the meta. So but could... I just bought a K wing to get TLT. It's fine. You still have to cheaper. This is your own fault for making bad economic decisions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they played you. You got played. Sue them. No. Um, so here's my here's my optimism injection. Um, I think that there was a major F up with all of the like releases getting shuffled around with Last Jedi that we're suffering from. Um, so I think that hurt the game in a bad way, but like we've been in terrible metas before. We've gotten out of them. Um, everything I see in Wave 14 has me super optimistic. I, I want to believe. Um, and I don't know, like every time I've talked to any of the developers in person, like, I know your your their visit on your show wasn't the greatest thing they could have ever done because they're not PR reps and that's an unfair job to ask. I them. actually no, I think that they did like overall they were fine. Well. Like, they were fine. Yeah, it was fine. Like that got a little <laughs> overblown. It was fine. Yeah, well, overblown because that's what we do on the internet, right? Yeah, exactly. That got overblown. They were fine. They had, we had fun. But yeah, looking at Wave fourteen and the cycle of things and like. And I mean, so in my mind, I have this scenario where, like, I'm trying to defend X-Wing and say everything was fine, but, like, this at least sounds reasonable if you hear me out. You know, like I said, they had the the effed up release schedule. Clearly, there were problems in playtesting if that, when that last fact got released. I've been told that it will be fine at this point. In a year year and a half. No, 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 that was a year and a half, and it's been six months since the Oh, okay, got it. It is a um, year. So you have a year before theoret- theoretically, yes, theoretically, you know, something has changed along the line. Um, yeah, they, they hopefully they learned something from that. Um, but then the also thing that like has taken up a ton of FFG's limited resources is the Legion launch. And it was obvious they didn't give a flying fuck about anything that wasn't Legion for a long time. And now that Legion is here, hopefully some attention will come back to X-Wing. So hopefully we have this perfect storm of, they see they've done bad. They were put in a bad situation and their resources were drawn away. And now they've learned from their mistakes. They aren't going to have something fuck them at the last second, like a, a movie release change. 
and they're putting resources into into it. Like I'm hoping those three things come along and like Wave 14 will be great and I'm sure we'll get like a solo Falcon or some shit. Like there's going to be a tie into that movie because there hasn't been a tie in yet. So hopefully that and what there's a heavy tie fighter too, right? That we keep seeing yeah. in the trailers. Yep. So uh, is, it, is, it, is it actually that? Is that the name of it? I know we we got a spoil. Like I think there that's actually a, called there heavy tie fighter. There's a toy kit or a card kit. Yeah, it, there's a card. It's Han Solo to, uh, card game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and it looks like a tie fighter, but bigger. So what, whatever the tie fighter ends up being called, because I hope that I mean, whatever name casual. Right. Uh, I want something edgier, right? Like the tie, the tie blade. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, well, I'm buying four of those. Yeah, well, of course you are. It'll be the new OP list. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping like, that we have this combination of factors coming back together that will push the game in a positive direction. Well, so, I mean, it, it is coming back because we're going to get the Reaper, and then I will finally get to play 100 point Ace. Like I get to play yeah. the game all of you other Rebel players have been playing this whole time. Uh, Dion, uh, I'll let you, uh, have a platform <laughs> here. Uh, how do you think, do you, do you think there's hope for the future? Um, as you long as, yeah, I do hope so. Um, I mean, of course there, there's the, there's the business side of it and all that, but, um, like I'm a business and I know that a major portion of my revenue stream is X-Wing, whether it's um, – and they've said several times that compared to competitive numbers, supposedly more people buy the game just like the, the ships just because they're cool ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a huge thing. I don't know if you've heard me talk about that before, but that's right. – I mean that's what sta- got my attention. It's a that staggering is, That is technically still true of me because I still grab all the ships, but then it takes me a while to cycle through and find a list to fly all of them with. Right. So I, I just wonder from FFG's point, let's, let's – I'm going to be a little dramatic. What <sighs> if what if the meta got so bad that you know some major tournament happened and nobody went, Right. And all of a sudden, it became a thing where nobody like events weren't a thing. How long could X Wing continue if the organized play of X Wing didn't exist? If it got that bad, then we would really fix it ourselves. And I know I've so, been working on community mod, but like if it really got that bad, then something would happen. Yeah, so a, people still want to play. There's a couple of anecdotes out there. Tyler, please help me on this because you you yep. were there for it. I only heard about it secondhand. What was the Lord of the Rings game at U.S. Nationals? There was a Lord of the Rings miniatures game being played at U.S. Nationals Uh that's been officially dead for like two years. Well, it's longer than that, I think, but yeah. Yeah, but people discovered it has a really tight rule set, so it's been like... It's the old uh, Games Workshop Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's been rebooted by the community because everyone realized like, oh, hey, this is actually a really like well-put-together game that's just not supported anymore. Mm -hmm. Um. So, and then, you know, considering you have the steel opens and the crate cups and the evergreen cups and everything like that. and It's probably still so, very popular. So, but like, I, I don't think that's what Dion was asking, right? Well, no, yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to follow up here. Okay. What would the, I don't know if the empty tournament halls, like, like if no one went to an Adepticon or Worlds or whatever, like it'd be a shock to the system, but it wouldn't hurt their bottom line. So it wouldn't matter. The things that would hurt it is I suspect Barnes and Noble. I'd love to see their sales distribution and how much like Barnes and Noble and places where normies go and see it and buy it for right. the desk. Like where are those people that only put it on their desk um, buying it? 
Um, but two, the, so if people stop showing up at game night and stores start selling less, stores are going to start ordering less. And that's, that's the, the alarm is whenever, and that's right, why I start with Barnes and Noble because I think that's where people who don't play are buying it. it. It's not. That's the, okay. that's what I was saying. This is where I, I, I think we're, we're off base. So like my local shops, when I was like heavily invested in like the local scene and whatnot, which hasn't been there for a long time, but, uh, it was 80% of the stuff they sold did not come back in for any type of league or tournament play whatsoever. Yeah. And actually to, now that I think about it, tag onto that. Um, so like the store where I met Ryan and Nathan and a lot of the guys I played with regularly is about a 45 minute drive for me. Um, with, with traffic, like 30 sure. minutes, yeah, do whatever. minutes. Um, there were multiple stores in like 15 minutes of me and I was going to those stores all the time. And I'm like, you know, I'd always look at X-Wing stuff because at this point in my life, I had money and a disposable income, <laughs> um, better job. So helped a lot, but I would be like, okay, so people are buying X-Wing stuff. What night? Are, and I'd go to the employees. I'm like, what night are they coming in? Cause I played for, you know, 40 K was Thursday. Sure. Magic was Friday. And open play was Saturday, right? Come those three days, you're going to run into people. And I'm going to the hobby store like four nights a week at this point. Um, so, and like, I'm not really finding anyone to play X-Wing with until store championship season. Why, if you've ever played a game next to me, you've probably heard me ask where people play because that's how I found that group. And that's how I got people in the group I'm at now because the people that did come out of their basements and kitchen tables for tournaments – Everyone who lived within 35 minutes of me, I said, hey, let's start coming to this store. I sure. said, hey, we're friends now. Yeah. And it was like, hey, let's go to the store on Tuesday. Let's go to the store on Tuesday. Let's go to the store on Tuesday. Yeah. Until until I had a store that was within a half hour of me. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I have observed this too. Like, product leaves the shelf and never comes back. And yeah. I didn't think about that until you said it. So, long royal back to Dion. Yeah. Um, so that's our thoughts on what would happen if uh, if nobody showed up to a tournament. Yeah, I mean, like, I just think they, like, realistically from FF, like, I think they're changing, and I think that's a positive. But from the last five years, FFG literally looked at organized play as a uh, cheap uh, marketing, mm-hmm. like, side of their business. And, like, that's what they're there for. Like, you're yeah, here to be. I mean, it still is. Look at Look at the timing of their articles for system opens and how they talk about them. I will tell you when it comes to the system opens and this is just because I'm privy to some information when it comes to the system opens that's not entirely FFG's fault and it's also not entirely Cascade's fault there, there was yeah. a myriad of things that caused all that and according to the information I have I we can't do anything about this year but for next year it's already smoothed over and we should actually have it like significantly time before. So we should, we should, should fingers oh, crossed. No, what, what I, what I meant is they release the like, res- they do their like recap or response articles. Right. Um, cause they, they had that terrifying quote about almost if they were looking to disprove the US meta with their single data point. Uh, um, Europe. And then, so a, that, then a week later, oh man. Yeah. They didn't talk about Poland. Yeah, it, it, just in, just in case you uh, didn't make it through the the crates play Red Alert three, uh, someone on our thread posted they're like almost they just flipped it they're like they've had the screenshot of Nim Miranda versus Ghost Fan on the final table almost as if they were actively trying to prove the U.S. conclusions right yeah. with that caption. But um, no, that those are entirely for those articles are entirely for people who 
like are thinking about going to a game store or their first store kit or, you know, who maybe have bought the ships or who, oh yeah, I'm on, I'm on, you know, the FFG page because I want to see my Game of Thrones release and, oh, what's this Star Wars X-Wing thing I keep seeing? I'll, I'm bored at work. I'm not being productive. So let's, let's read this article, right? Like it is absolutely not for, it's super not for podcasters. Those articles are not for podcasters. Oh yeah, for sure. They're well, not they're... for people who travel, you know, hours to tournaments. They're definitely not for people who, you know, who run streams or any of the level of participation we're in and talk about every single day. Like the, it is, it's exactly that it's organized play as an extension of marketing. So, uh, I think I want to kind of wrap a bow on this cause it's almost at the two hour mark. Uh, Blair, just because I want to give, uh, I want to entertain myself. It's, what do you what do you see for like do you think there's any hope for the future of X-Wing or um what is your take on it cuz I haven't gotten yours at least yet on the future at least Well basically ever since Dengaru I've always gone back and forth about whether it's salvageable or not basically uh and like Again, like Chumbalaya made this point too. It's like uh, it's sort of like a bacteria or a cancer. Like it's definitely been growing and growing, and we're getting further and further away. Like we say, like like again, I'll use Kylo Ren pilot as like a great example. Like that dude never should have released him. Horrible idea. Like the fact that there's no way a list of 80-degree arc ships are going to be able to hit that dude six times. Like, there, there's just no way. Never should have released him. And he, like, can't even touch the meta right now because there's so much stuff out that, like, there's no arcs left for him to dodge. <laughs> so we have, like, so many levels of broken, they have to peel back layer after layer after layer to get back to what, you know, I feel like, in a way, an adequate power level should be. Uh, but at, at the same token... I'm just from my perspective as a swarm player, I feel like if they just hit a couple of things, I feel like I could kind of get some lists that were back to being somewhat viable. So I don't know. I go back and forth on that, but I definitely feel like as time goes on, we're just getting closer and closer to having to hit that reset button. All right. Well, uh, I think we should go ahead and wrap this up. We are going to, uh, Blair has promised the Holonet that, uh, we will get, uh, our Worlds episode out the next time we record before, uh, Worlds. So, you know, now it's on the internet, Blair. So, you're there. Um, <laughs> I just I'll- want you to know, I was ready to talk through this whole episode like Worlds had happened. In just vague but obvious <laughs> enough terms that people couldn't tell. All right. So like, we, yeah, so we like this, all give well, our because, uh, cause, but c- congratulations to Miranda for winning. Uh, no, no, Miranda's for... taking second. Some other form of turret will win. You're right. You're right. Miranda will be <laughs> in the final but lose. Um, all right. That's your prediction. We got a story back. history of that. We got. I mean, we got it has to be a jump back. master, right? Yep. Double jump master. I didn't Blair, see Blair, jump master Blair. list winning this year, but man, did it. It's Paratani. It's back. Blair's oh, got it figured out. You spoiled the next episode. Bob. Yeah, we are going to cover that next episode. Wait a, wait a bear. There you go. All right. But you're um, going to have to tune in next time to find out. Yeah. To find see out what why. I did there. 
Uh, all right. So, uh, Dion, thank you for coming on. I super appreciate it. Zach, thank you for getting up, uh, out from underneath the, uh, cargo boxes you've been hiding behind, uh, drunk, uh, when you should have been moving them. I'm a helper. Uh, uh, so for uh, Tyler Tippett, better known as Starslinger72 and Blair Bunky, better known as Scruffy and Dr. Bob Randall, better known as Major Juggler. I've been your host, Richard White, uh, better known as Kelvin Tiberius, uh, Galacticolonet. Uh, thanks for listening to the state of X-Wing and good hunting. Go to watch it now.